How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Eucalypt Speed Test Intelligence Data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Thanks to Earl for the update. Welcome back. We're Grant and Danny. You're listening to The Fan. Darius Dameron, Ryan Clary on the production. Sam Howell's been named the starting quarterback for the Washington Commanders in their season finale against the Cowboys. 425 kick at FedEx Field. On Sunday, you're going to hear from Sam Howell, his press conference with reporters after being named the starter for the first time in his NFL career just took place. We've got that for you. It's coming up in just a couple of minutes. Danny, let's take a trip down memory lane, though. These are the 27 (laughs) quarterbacks, ending with Sam Howell, who have started a game for the Washington Commanders. So I didn't look these up. I mean, obviously, I, I was there. I remember most, if not all of them. But I wanted to have my memories of them be spontaneous. Like, first, like word association style, first thing that comes to mind. Sure. Since 2000, Brad yep. Johnson. Should have been since way past 2000. Thanks again, Dan. So Brad Johnson's my favorite quarterback that they've had here. That 99 team is my favorite Redskins team in history for me. I'm not old enough to remember the Super Bowls like a lot of you guys are. I've actually got a signed Brad Johnson football that uh, my parents bought for me for Christmas just a couple of years ago, actually, uh, next to my TV in my man cave in the basement. Uh, I loved that 99 offense, man. They were the number two offense in the NFL that year. Two 1,000-yard receivers. Yeah, Brad Johnson threw for 4,000. Westbrook and Connell both went for a 1K, and Stephen Davis ran for 1,456. Norville Eugene dialing up the plays. Uh, Scott Turner's pops. Uh, Jeff George is the next one on the list. Quote, leadership is not important, end quote. <laughs> yeah, I think it was <laughs> leadership was is here. overrated. Is oh, it was overrated. Yeah, yeah, sorry. There you go. Uh, good enough. Close enough. Yeah. Uh, I, I will give you one actual Jeff George memory that was pretty good. Do you remember the game where he came in? I think it was against the Rams, and mm-hmm. he led them back to a win, or maybe they were playing at the Rams, and he had a big game. Do you remember that I think that it was in St. Louis. Yeah, I actually do. It, it just off his back foot, slinging it, you know, 60 yards on a line. Just the, the the tools were never in question. Darius, I want you to look that up while we go on this list, on this journey here. Look up Jeff George starting for Washington. It would have been probably 0 Chance it was 0-1 at the Rams because I'm pretty sure he had a big day and a win. All right, next one, Tony Banks. Tony Banks. I think of him, that incredibly long windup. I think of him just getting hit so hard so many times. It's Marty Schottenheimer's turn, uh, telling, uh, I can't remember, B, something, telling the sideline reporter whether they're down 30-something to nothing against Green Bay. You played the game. It's about toughness as they were getting shellacked on their way to an 0-5 start. 
Darius, I believe, has our numbers on Jeff George. Yeah, so it was week 12 of the 2000 uh-huh. season. Jeff George went 20, Definitely there. 24 of 34 for 269, three touchdowns. Or, yep. excuse me, excuse me, three tutties. Three tutties. And an interception. Let's go. Major tutties there. Yeah. 33 to 20 victory in St. Louis. He lit it up. If I remember correctly, now this is going to be, what year was that? 2000? 2000. Correct. Yep. You're after their Super Bowl. So that's why it was a huge deal. Oh, that was such a – I mean, they had a field day. Do you have the box score up? Uh, I just have the, the quarterback stats. That's okay. all I got. Click yeah. on the box and find – I just want to know what receivers went ham sandwich that day. I want to know if it was a little Irving Fryer situation. Did Albert Connell go for 96? What, what did we do? All right, so Tony Banks, Danny. That was the 8-3 and three in their final 11 turnaround under Marty. That was another uh-huh. one of my favorite teams that this group had. He was way, way, way under-talented. He came from Baltimore. In fact, I think people sleep on this. He was the quarterback that got benched to go to Trent Dilfer. Dilfer. For the 2000 Ravens when they went and won the Super Bowl, and then he ended up here. I think he might have had a stop with the Rams at some point. But, uh, yeah, it was just a lot of handing the ball off to Stephen Davis. All right, now we get into the Steve Spurrier era. That was through Marty Schottenheimer. Shane Matthews. Shane Matthews. Among the Florida quarterbacks, he was definitely one of them. Shane Matthews' first ever game was a win against the Cardinals in week one. Stephen Davis ran it, I believe, 26 times. And I remember after the game hearing from people that Spurrier was livid that they ran it so much. They had won, by the way. <laughs> and that that would change, uh, basically. That, that he was not happy with the play calling. Or, or, I mean, he, and that he, would change. Like He called the plays, essentially, but he wasn't happy about how it played out. Uh, Shane Matthews ended up on the quarterback carousel. Patrick Ramsey, the strong-armed first-round pick from Tulane. He always had a weird delivery to me. It was very natural and fluid, but it almost looked like his hand was under the ball when he threw. Again, we're just thinking about first things. So I think about his delivery. He could sling it super far, had, had a great arm, but his hand was underneath the ball instead of some of the guys that had that C-type grip. It always felt like it was underneath it. And he had a heat-seeking uh, uh, a gene in his body to find defensive players. I was always hit hard. a Ramsey mark as a kid. True story, what I think of when I think of Patrick Ramsey, I cried. On my back deck, I remember I was outside shooting baskets. I'm listening to True Story, uh, 980 AM radio, and Steve uh-huh. Zabin and maybe Andy Poland or whoever he was with that day, and they announced that the, that Joe Gibbs is going to st- start Mark Brunel over Patrick Ramsey. And I was so mad because I said, well, it's just because they're both, you know, they both pray together. And I just started crying because yep. Patrick Ramsey was getting screwed. So for all the youngsters out there that are mad that Taylor Heineke's getting screwed, I've been there and I've done that. I get yeah, it. I cried on my back porch just like you guys. Yeah. Uh, what do you got? Uh, so Stephen Davis ran for uh, had 19 attempts for 85 rushing yards that game. Uh, on the receiving end, looks like James Thrash had five for 51 in a tutty. Uh, Larry Sinners had three for 11 in a tutty. That's weird. Uh, five for 96 for Albert Albert Connell. Let's go. And Irving Fryer also had a tutty. Three for 58. By the way, everyone's going to sleep. I, I literally said, I wonder if Connell went for 96 that day. Just just Boom. as an aside. All right, so uh, now we're going to Danny Werfel. Danny Werfel, what I remember about him, Danny, how about uh-huh. Osaka, Japan, baby? There it is. There it is against the Niners, right? They, what, did they score 49 in that game? You sleep on this. Ryan, you're probably too young to know this. They went to, for preseason to Japan. It was Steve Spurrier's first ever time coaching an NFL team. And he basically opened the entire play. They ran flea flickers in the preseason. 
It was unbelievable. They almost hung 50 on the Niners in Japan. Danny Werfel threw for like close to 400 yards. And, I, and I'm sitting there going, this team's going to score 100 every week. They're going. This is going to be the greatest offense ever assembled. <laughs> this this will so make the 99 Rams look like uh, the 2000 Ravens. Tim Hasselbeck next on the list. 0.0. That's the first thing I think of. They didn't I think yeah. That poor guy coming in. At, like So in Spurrier's offense, they didn't – like Joe Gibbs' belief was – no matter what, you have to protect the quarterback, even if it means a one-receiver route. If they're hitting your QB, you put another guy in protection. They put another guy, another guy, another guy. Spurrier had the exact opposite approach. And Tim Hasselbeck watched quarterback after quarterback get assaulted in the backfield, including J. Patrick Ramsey. So I remember him coming into the game. I think it was at Dallas with Bill Parcells. Was just, they, were, they were cleaning their clocks. And it wasn't even a 1-1000, 2-1000. It was as soon as you hit that back foot, that ball's gone, whether it was complete or otherwise. And he also had a 0.0 quarterback rating game. I remember that. Yeah, I think that game was against – so his worst game might have been against the Cowboys. He played against the Dolphins in the rain, though. I remember a super rainy game in Miami, and that might have also been like a 0.4 or point, you know, 4.0 quarterback rating. That was a really rough one for him as well. Uh, Mark Brunel, I mean, he's the last guy – to win a playoff game for Washington. He did it while throwing for a, literally 100 yards in Tampa against the Bucks. The crow-hopping left-hander, southpaw to his style. Probably the last left-hander to play a game for the Commanders as well. Mark I Brunel. think about him. Yeah, I, I called him Skip Brunel. I think of him just having to take a crow-hop like an outfielder trying to throw home just to get a check down in. Do you remember that game? I think it was in Houston where he started with 22 straight completions. Yep, set the record. And everyone's like, day. he's great. All of those were check downs. All of those were like comebacks. All of those were just the easiest pitch and catch throws in the world. Uh, he also, by the way, authored one of the great memories of a lot of people's lives that are Monday Night Miracle. Post Super Bowl Redskins fans, the Santana Moss. Santana Moss when he caught two touchdowns against the Cowboys to beat Dallas on Monday Night Football. Uh, post Brunel. All right, so now we're into the Joe Gibbs era. Jason Campbell. Yeah. I. I I don't know if Jason Campbell could have been better than he was. That's the ultimate. How many offensive coordinators can we pile on this guy? How many completely different systems can we ask this guy to learn each year? So it's basically one a year because it was the Gibbs system, then it was Al Saunders came in, and there was a system before that. I don't know how good J Jason Campbell could have been. Great dude, right? I remember they traded back in to get him at, in, in that draft. And I always thought that if he'd had a chance to be stable with an organization for a while, he might have been fine. Might have been far more solid than he was. That's always how I felt. I was a big Jason Campbell believer. You know, looking back and now studying the quarterback position as a grown-up and watching games differently and kind of having a different understanding of how things work. I mean, there, there's no doubt that he... It was never going to be one of the great quarterbacks in the league, but he had a huge right. arm. I mean, he really did. And there was a year, remember, people forget this, I think. He was the MVP of the first half? He was the MVP through like eight games of the season uh -huh. because he hadn't thrown an interception, and they were 6-2, and two, and Ron Jaworski and people on ESPN were basically calling him an MVP candidate. Now, that's a different era altogether because just not throwing picks doesn't win you the MVP in the league anymore. But, uh, yeah, I mean, when you just allowed him to manage the game a little bit and take some shots with that arm, he was never awful. But he, he got some other chances with the Raiders and with the Bengals after he left here. Todd Collins, I mean, is an easy one. He ended up having to play in 07 after Sean Taylor's 
tragic death. And Collins led the team on a four-game winning streak into the playoffs in 2007. Came crashing down when he threw a pick six and they lost in Seattle. But he came in against the Bears when Campbell went down the week after the two-timeout Bills game by Joe Gibbs. And Mm -hmm. Collins was just lights out down the stretch. It was a lot of Clinton Portis and Santana Moss taking short throws and making them big gains. A lot of Chris Cooley breaking tackles and getting to the sticks. But Todd Collins' four-game run was epic. Just throwing change-ups towards the sideline. Like, terrifying when Todd Collins would go, here we go, <laughs> and let it loose on like a on like an out route or like a deep out or something like that. And you just go, that's intercepted 10 times, and somehow it would get there. Donovan McNabb. Now we are into the Shanahan era. We are mm. into 2010 at this point. Donovan McNabb. I'll never forget where I was during the trade when it happened. Like, I, I couldn't believe it. I thought it was a prank. I thought it was a, a, a great big joke. There's no way that would happen. On two fronts, one, Philadelphia would let him go. And two, the guy that had tormented us and run out of Michael Jackson dances to do because he scored so many touchdowns in a game against us only a couple years before was going to come here. I immediately realized that any excitement I had should be tempered. And not only I shouldn't be excited, this wasn't going to work to such a high degree because there was no way that my organization was better than Philadelphia's. <laughs> and I was I was early on going, you guys, this is going to end badly. And then it did. So there's three things I remember about McNabb. Number one, the wristband saga. Remember, he oh, yeah. was so mad that he had to wear a wristband, basically, and he felt personally offended. Every quarterback all around the league right now just looks at his wristband, and, and it's just an easy way to do it. You just say, hey, play number 22. And then they call the play in the huddle. But that was a big deal for him for some reason. That's number one. Number two was the contract extension before Monday Night Football. Monday that, Night. That was fake. And it was just a big, phony, fraudulent thing that Bruce Allen cooked up to get some decent press after something wacky had happened. I don't remember what it was. He um, was benched for the two-minute drill in Detroit. That's what so it was. So that Rex Grossman could execute the two-minute drill because of cardiovascular or something or other? Cardiovascular That's endurance. what happens. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, this, I remember that well. I was I was in Detroit in that press conference, and uh, and so then the the next thing they did the following week was name him the starting. Uh, excuse me, he was the starter again, and and they signed him to an extension. Of course, they would go on to not have him on the team beyond the end of that season. And in fact, he got benched with three games to go that year when he was on the precipice of breaking a franchise passing record, uh, which tells you a how good Kyle Shanahan's offense is, and b uh, just how much they didn't like him. Um, Rex Grossman is next. My favorite Rex Grossman memory is a personal one. So I covered him, and I was on the beat and spent a lot of time around him in the locker room. But you've always heard all the tales from Florida and all the stuff about Rex Grossman just wanting to throw it deep. That You know, the the original, like, bleep it, I'm just going to chuck it guy. And I just yep. remember one time talking to Rex during the, the Grossman-Beck controversy. And I remember asking him, like, hey, if, if you have to play, like, I don't remember what the question was, but, like, what's the deal? And he's like, bro, he's like, I don't care. I'm going to tell Aldrick Robinson to run as far as he can. I'm going to bleep and throw him the ball. And it's just, like, so fun. I'm like, you're just going to just go deep, huh? Like, basically the shtick you hear from the T-shirts. And he's like, I'm going to bleep and throw him the ball as far as I can every time I drop back. And I don't care if it's picked off. We're going to air it out. And I was like, all right, Rex Grossman, let's rock and roll. My Rex Grossman memory is... In a win in St. Louis, he was so bad that they benched him despite being three and one. Can you imagine that? Can you imagine a quarterback losing his gig at three and one because he was so horrendous, even though the team had won three out of the four games? That's what I'll remember forever. John Beck. What was the what was the number in Buffalo? Was it twelve? 
That's no, what's in my mind. I think it was nine Ten? sacks. Nine sacks. It seemed like more than that. It, it that's what that's what I think of that game in Toronto where John Beck got sacked half the times he dropped back against the Bills. Ryan Fitzpatrick led Buffalo. They uh, basically didn't bench him after that game, but the following week he threw it to Roy Hallou. Fifteen times broke the franchise record with fourteen <laughs> catches. Uh, just like I'm not getting sacked. Here you go, running back. Take the ball. Uh, Take it. All right, we're up to 2012. Robert Griffin. I'm going to say his run against the Vikings. Fourth down play in a game they'd ultimately lose, by the way, to the Giants because Washington couldn't figure out how to do a prevent defense. Um, and Victor Cruz got over the top of two different players to score a long touchdown, which is still beyond inexcusable, but whatever. There was a fourth and ten play. He made three all-pro caliber defenders who would have double-digit sacks miss, and he completed a pass to our buddy Logan Paulson for a first down. Immediately, my phone was flooded with messages from my college teammates and much of my buddies who are Giants fans going, oh, my God, you guys have the guy that's going to torment us for years. I remember that moment. I'll never forget it. Uh, Kirk Cousins is next. I'll go with 2015 when, when Gruden says it's Kirk's team or uh, later that year when he had the 360 yards in Philly for the, the division title. Um, obviously, it all kind of ended his final game here. He played poorly, and they lose to the Giants, and that changed a lot of things. But they, they just never could get a deal done with Cousins after – uh, he and his agent tried to do something early on, and they wanted him to keep proving it. And then those two sides just w- went separate directions. Remember the end of the half against Philadelphia. Remember that when, when Garcon wouldn't run the fade or whatever that that weird combo oh, was. Yeah, and that's right. He like kind of took a knee, half spiked it, and then just sort of was like, "Whoops, halftime." <laughs> yeah, I remember that? That was the same game, by the way. That was the 360 yeah. yard division clincher game. Oh, he was incredible in that game. But that end of the first half, everyone's like, "I don't understand this. I don't know what just happened." I, I've Let's never, never seen talk it. About it. Yeah, instead of spiking it, it, he took a knee. Th- that is the most cousins thing in the world, by the way. That like that's the play from that game that people remember. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? You throw yes. 360 yards, four touchdowns, and a clincher, and yet that play comes up all the time. But you're right; it was like the most. It's I just had bl- never seen that. It's the all-time blooper of bloopers for sure. Uh-huh. Um, Alex Smith. I hate to say it because this isn't funny, but the injury. No, I mean, what else is uh, No doubt. That's it, right? J.J. Uh, Watt ruining mm-hmm. his rest of whatever that career would have been. Josh Johnson beating Jacksonville, right? I wouldn't have even been able to pull that. Yeah. Yeah, end of the That's year. What it is. They beat the Jaguars. Uh-huh. I think they won. Lone win down the stretch. Colt McCoy got to be his Monday night win in Dallas where he and Jay Gruden no, were no question. hugging and kissing at midfield. No question. No question. And people wanting him, wanting to see him for years in it after that because of that W. Mark Sanchez, Jadaris, I need your uh, research skills again. I need you to look like this uh, look up the Sanchez start against the Giants at FedEx Field. This would have been whatever year he was on the team. Uh, 2017, 18. 18. They got 18, beat 18. so badly. That was the only uh, this is a dead true story. I had been begging my brother, we got to get my nephew to a game. We got to get my nephew to a game. This is his son. And so finally, I buy tickets, I get them uh, sweet tickets. I get them to a game. They lost so badly to the Giants that day <laughs> that he said, this team, su- I'm not doing a bit. He said, your team sucks. And he has since then never like watched another game and been willing to go back there. He's basically this is Danny. your nephew? Yeah, he's basically sworn off this organization because that day I brought him there. I didn't know his fandom was at stake with Mark Sanchez starting. And it was like 49-7 oh. or something absurd. So I haven't even gotten to the box score yet. It's just the first thing I see is the drive summary. It goes, Washington, punt, Washington, punt, Washington, punt, 
Washington punt. Washington punt. Washington interception. Washington yeah. punt. Washington punt. Washington punt. Come on, buddy. This is my team. <laughs> Washington turnover on downs. Aren't you having fun? You should love them like Uncle Cheap stuff. Oh, wait, guys. Come on, wait, bud. guys. Fourth quarter. Touchdown. Let's go. Washington touchdown. Hey! What was so, the yeah. score in that game? Uh, 40 to 16. 40 to 16. And by the way, the 16 came, as you could tell, after the 40. You know what I'm saying? Like, it was 40 to nothing at one point. Oh, there was um, another interception in oh, the fourth good. quarter, too. Case Later, Keenum. there was, yeah. I don't really have a Keenum memory. I'll say the three turnovers on Monday night against the Bears that led to Haskins getting that. on the field. Maybe the I remember se- sitting there. 75-yard touchdown to McLaurin. His first start, Terry's first game, first game of the season against Philly, first quarter. That was pretty cool. Interviewing him at training camp is my first memory of, of Case Keenum and being like, damn, that's an impressive dude. Uh, Dwayne Haskins, rest his soul. Yeah. Sadly. Uh, yeah, maybe the same, honestly. Just seeing like how he was such a, a kind of a fun-loving guy that was just sort of, yeah, like you know, I I, I should be here. I get that I belong here because I'm you know first round pick. I did all this stuff at Ohio State, and I'm here now. But like, I, I I think about other things too. You know, just sitting down with him was pretty refreshing. There at training camp. I'll uh, I'll give a positive one. Uh, I'll say that for Haskins' his first win against the Lions. I was just getting back from a bachelor party. I landed at like eight in the morning that day. It was an ugly game against Detroit, but I think he led a game-winning field goal drive um, late in the fourth quarter, and, and they got a win. And it was the first time that he had led them to a victory. Uh, Taylor Heineke, it's got to be the playoff game against the Bucks, hitting the Tampa Bucks game, yeah. Ryan Fitzpatrick, which of his six throws against the Chargers do you remember most? Seriously. Like, what are you supposed to say? Uh, in- incorrect offseason hype is what I remember about Fitzpatrick. Uh, Garrett Gilbert, deep shot to McLaurin down the left sideline. I'll I'll defer to you on that one. I literally don't. I couldn't pull a single throw he made. Carson Wentz, the comeback against the Jags where he threw four touchdowns. Uh, the Week interception one. on the screen pass. <laughs> I'll never forget that. Uh, how about uh, spiking the ball into the ground twice on swing routes this weekend with running backs with no one around them eight feet from him? I mean, that literally happened yeah. two times. I'll just I'll happen. never unsee that. And then, ladies and gentlemen, Sam Howell season. It's time. We go. We've gotten to the present. Speaking of which, you're going to hear Sam Howell with reporters. His press conference just took place next right here on Grant and Danny on The Fan. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. 
Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Celebrate and save at Ashley's Anniversary Sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep Mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details.